<clears throat> Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Hear the word of the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this word. We thank you for this time of Christmas and the end of the year. We thank you for being able to celebrate your son, Jesus Christ, through our worship. We ask you, Lord, now that you will speak to our hearts and our minds what we need to hear from this word, that it'll give us exactly what we need from you this morning. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's hard to believe that in a few days, 2019 will be over. I mean, how many of us remember Y2K, like just yesterday? You know? And that's 19 years ago. I mean, it blows my mind when you think about it. But 2019 is really literally days away from being over and us being into 2020. And end of the year is always a time of, of reflection, of thinking back, of looking back at 
all the things that have transpired, your ups, your downs, your hills, your valleys, the things that were challenges to you and the things that you succeeded at, the things that were goals met, and the things that were goals unmet. What about all those New Year's resolutions from 2019? The ones that you let go by January 3rd, January 31st. Or maybe you made it all the way into December and then let go. You see, whenever the end of the year comes, whenever the end of something comes, we always have this tendency of reflecting back, of looking back and evaluating what has happened, what has transpired. It's a wonderful time for us to really evaluate our lives and really consider what we have done with our time. Facebook likes to tell you what your highlights were for the year. It's got this little short slideshow that it puts up on your page that says, do you want to share this with your friends? And it's basically composed of pictures that were liked the most or commented the most on for the whole year. And unfortunately, when you look at some of those slideshows, they don't really reflect your life, do they? Like, I like to post a lot of pictures of food. And when you look at my slideshow, it just looks like I'm a cook or something. Because everything's food. Or children, because I do children's postings every week for chapel. And so the slideshow just doesn't tell the true story. It, it tells you what other people liked, but it doesn't really tell you what was really important for you, what were really your highlights, what was really the most important or the most difficult in your year. I've always thought it would be interesting to have a year in review kind of video of my life, but if I did it, I would, I would have Samuel L. Jackson narrate because it would make my life that much more interesting. You know? Who tells the story might make it more interesting. The telling of the story in that exciting voice would make people maybe pay attention to what happened, right? As we reflect on the end of the year and all the things that have happened during this year, we always come to that with some regrets for the year. Some woulda, coulda, shoulda done during the year. Anybody got any of those? I got a few. Some woulda, coulda, shoulda. Things that we think about, we go, man, I wish this year I woulda gotten that done. Or I wish I woulda done this differently. And those things tend to haunt us as we get to an end of the year. And a lot of times they even cloud the next year to come. Have you heard anybody say, this year was not my year, but next year is going to be my year? Have you heard anybody say, well, this year was tough, but next year is going to be better? You know, new year, new life, new start. So a lot of times we carry those things with us. They, they, they cloud what we're going to do in the new year, and a lot of times they become New Year's resolutions. And we can be our own worst critics when it comes to that. Anybody had a resolution they've carried for several years? Anybody? I try to lose weight every year, every year. I guess I need to stop posting pictures of food and it might help. <laughs> but the thing is, we always do this as we go into New Year. 
Our scripture today reminds us that there will come a time when the Son of Man will come in glory to judge the people. And the way I look at it, it's almost a life in review. Imagine a moment in which you literally see your life flashing before your eyes, everything that has transpired, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. A time of judgment in which everything is revealed, nothing is hidden, you can't keep anything a secret, and everything is shown for what it is. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little scary. It would make me feel very exposed, wouldn't you? To have everything revealed, everything known, and to stand before the one who is righteous and holy to be judged. Yet this is exactly what is happening in our scripture today. We're told that when the king comes in glory with his angels and he sits on the throne, the people will be separated into two groups, one on the right, one on the left. The ones on the right will be the sheep. The ones on the left will be the goats. And then, basically, the judgment will begin. Now, I had to look this up because we don't keep goats or sheep anymore, right? Most often. And so I wondered, why would a shepherd need to separate the sheep from the goats? Because they often herd together. They go together in the herds. And I found out that the, the sheep don't mind being out in the open. They don't mind being out in the open without any kind of structure or protection. The goats get cold at night and they're more needy. They don't have the fluff of the sheep. And so the shepherds would have to separate the goats from the sheep so that they could take the goats and take care of all these needs, needy goats at night. The other thing that I discovered was that sheep tend to herd together in a group. Every now and then you'll get one that gets lost. We know that from the parable. But for the most part, they, they, they follow the shepherd. They go in a herd. You know what the goats do? They take a bite from there, and then they go take a bite from there, and then they go take a bite from back there. And before you know it, they're all scattered everywhere. They tend to be more independent. They want to do their own thing. They don't want to follow anybody. And have you seen two goats together? We've all seen that, right? They want to hit something. They tend to be more violent, more, more, more strong-willed, harder to tame, harder to domesticate, or sheep can be trained to follow the voice of the shepherd. And so in this analogy, as you hear the story, think about those differences because I think there is some, some qualities of that that could transfer into our spiritual lives. So we're told the two groups are, are there, one to the left, one to the right. And then to the sheep on the right, there is an invitation. Hear that. There is an invitation. The invitation is to come and inherit the kingdom prepared from that, for them since the foundation of the world. Now that means that God has such foresight that before the foundation of the world, he was already preparing 
a kingdom for us to inherit. He was thinking of us that far ahead. He was already planning for it. And now that we have completed our journey in this life, we are being invited to receive the reward that has been prepared for us. And you might wonder, well, why are they being invited to inherit the kingdom? And the king gives the reasons. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And you know what happened when the king said that? The sheep started looking at each other and going, did you do that? Did you do that? Because I don't remember when I did that. I don't remember when I saw Jesus that way. I don't remember when I saw him hungry or thirsty or in prison. I don't remember when he was sick. When did we do that? Did you do that? Because I didn't do it. Now, the sheep weren't that clever. You know, most of us would have been like, thank you very much, we're in. But not the sheep. They turned to the king and said, "Uh, sorry, we don't want to stop the trial, but the judgment, but... When did we do this? When did we see you in these conditions and do something about it? And the king turned to them and said, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. If you did it for one of the least of these, you did it for me. So often we do good things and don't realize that when we do them because we love the Lord, we are doing them for him. We are doing them because he loved us first. We are doing them because he has shown us great mercy. We are doing them because we have already experienced grace and forgiveness in our lives. We are doing them because Jesus came into the world to wash away our sins. And I got to imagine that those sheep were excited about what was to come. An eternity of being with the one who loved them perfectly. The one who knew everything about them and still welcomed them and invited them in. The one who wanted to be in relationship with them throughout their lives and now wanted to carry that relationship into eternity. But then the king turns to the goats on the left and he doesn't give an invitation. Instead, he gives a command. You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Depart from me. Depart from me. Those words just resound in my mind. Do you realize that eternal damnation is to be separated from God for eternity? To be cast away. To not be able to be in the presence of the one who is perfect love. It's the absence of God that is torture and punishment. And he tells them the reason that they're being sent 
to this destiny. Yeah, I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty and you did not give me drink. I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was sick and you did not take care of me. I was in prison and you did not visit me. And just like the sheep, the goats are going to look around and go, when, when, did, when was he around that we saw him and didn't do anything? When was it that we didn't do these things? When was it that we didn't do the things that were required of us and needed of us? And the king will answer, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did not do it for me. Did you notice that each group claimed to not have seen Jesus in their midst? They claimed that they did not see him, yet we are invited to see Jesus in the face of every person around us. We're invited to see each person as somebody for whom Jesus died on the cross. We're invited to see the need, the real need of people around us and seek ways to show them mercy and kindness and love. The king was reminding them that whenever we do these things, whenever we show kindness and love and mercy to another, in the name of God, we're doing it for him. Now, there are a lot of people out there that do good things for their own selfish reasons. They want people to recognize them, pat them in the back, celebrate them. But when we do them, because God has loved us first, when we do them because he has already shown us grace, and we're trying to show that grace to others. When we do them because we have taken the commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves, seriously, we are doing it for him. Clearly, what we do matters to Jesus. It makes a difference to him. What if when our year in review, when our life end movie in review was shown, we looked at that video as it played and began to look for the times that we have been found blessing others, giving to others, loving others, being present with others in their times of need. How many instances? would be found there? Or would it be filled with times in which we are seeking things for ourselves? Would it be filled with times in which we are all about our goals, our needs, our desires? Or will that be enough in that story to show that we really try to be Jesus to those around us and to show them God's love? You see, we're really good about being accountable for what we do. We try to make sure that we do the right things, right, and not, not mess up. But how many times do we take time to consider the sins of omission, the sins of when we fail to see 
those who are in need around us. At times we fail to take the time to sit with someone who needs us right that moment. The times when we are the friend, we are the ear, we are the shoulder for somebody who just needs a good cry. See, Jesus is watching what we do and he is inviting us to be him to everyone around us and at the same time to see him in everyone we look at. Now, during this time of the year, it's easy to do, right? We're in the generous Christmas spirit mood. Thanksgiving, wonderful time to be thankful. You know, during this time of the year, it's not too hard. Many of you probably gave to some charity or some group or even the toys that we gave to the kids for Christmas or other things in which you share generously of what God has given you. Yet this scripture is inviting us to do that year-round. It's inviting us to be generous and giving of ourselves every single day of the year and every single year of our lives. As we take stock of this year and prepare to go into a new year, let us do so remembering that God is watching what we do and what we don't do. If you notice the scripture, the difference between the two groups is one word, the word not. The first did, the second did not. Let us commit to caring for those in need the best way we can by being mindful of the least of these and knowing that when we do something for them, we do it for him. Some of you have played VR games before. You put on a headset, you put on some goggles, some uh, heads, a headset and a, and a face set that covers your eyes and something that covers your ears. And before you know it, you're in a different world and you can't see anything and you can't hear anything but what's in that world that you're looking at. How many times do we go through our days as if our reality was all that existed. And don't pay attention to those who are right around us, your coworker, your neighbor, your friend, maybe just somebody you ran into at the grocery store. Next time you do, look them in the face. Tell them, I love you. Jesus loves you. And look at the difference that it makes. It'll change their lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the invitation, Lord, to just continue to be your hands and your feet and your voice to those who are around us. Help us to be doers. Help us to be doers. Help us to be present with those who are in need, whatever the need may be. And help us to know that whenever we do this, we honor you. We give witness to you. We tell the world that we are believers and followers of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you see what we do and you're with us when we do it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The altar is always open as we continue in worship. 
if you want to pray for the new year that is beginning in your life.